The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human beings. And a widow in that town used to come and say to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. One of the major moments in Catholic life can be an opportunity when you serve for the first time as an altar server, or maybe read or help uh, as an usher. I know for myself, I can still remember how excited I was in second grade when I first got the opportunity to be able to serve as an altar server. And I loved it right away when I started because it helped Mass go by so much faster. Um, but after a while, I kind of got bored of that, and then it kind of, uh, you know, became almost kind of like a chore in some ways as I got older. And, and so then I, I really relished the opportunity when on occasion uh, with Boy Scouts, we'd come back after a camping trip, and we'd take over all the ministries, and so we'd do everything. And as I got older, I got to choose to be an usher, and that was always a, a great time uh, to be able to do that because you got to sit in the back and talk with your friends and didn't have to pay attention. Now, I think I missed what the point of those different ministries were, uh, but that can sometimes be our experience, right? That as long as we get the job done well, then we're accomplishing it. But I'd say there's something more going on than just that. In the first reading today, we hear about the story of the Israelites, right? They're being attacked, and so people are chosen for this battle. And it can seem as though... The army is going down to battle, and Aaron, or Moses, Aaron, and Ur are, are doing something completely separate. But really, they're all in battle. And I would say all of us are in battle as well. We're all in a battle of living the faith. We're all in a battle of salvation for our soul and for the world. Um, and it's fought uh, by Jesus Christ, by the angels, and it's fight, fought by us as well here In this Mass, most especially with prayer. Certainly our actions have a large part to do with that, and how what kind of actions we choose have an effect on that. Now, Moses is kind of uh, separated from the people, not to be separated from the battle, but actually on behalf, he's separated from the battle on behalf of the people. And I think about that as well for myself as a priest, right? We're separated. I had to climb this large mountain of one step, right? And once I'm up here, oh, I'm so tired, I need a rock to sit on, right? 
Um, I need somebody to help hold up my arms to a certain extent. Not because of comfort, um, and not just out of a certain doing or activity, uh, but out of something more, because there's an engagement in the battle. And so these different ministries that we have in church, whether it be a sacristan, right? A greeter, a server, usher, Eucharistic minister, musician, or readers, are all things that Moses or the priest, right, could do on their own. Really, I could take all those roles and do them myself, and and Mass would still happen. So why do we have these ministries? Well, it's not just a practical reason, but there's more to it than just that. And I'd like to take a moment and look at each one of these ministries and look at them then more than just the practical doing but the spiritual reality and the battle and the most important thing that they contribute, which is prayer in the midst of it. And so the first role, or the first ministry, is the sacristans. And the sacristans I kind of see as, as evangelizers. Now we think of evangelizers as somebody who's going out, right, and, and talking about Jesus. But evangelizers also at time, even though that they might get rejected multiple times, uh, prepare the soil, right, for the gospel, for the seeds, And I think about that as well. The sacristans kind of prepare the altar, prepare all of the bread and wine, the different vessels, the linens, and prepare everything for the gospel and for Jesus Christ that's coming to you in the Mass. They take these natural things and by God's grace are divinized just as evangelizers do. Now servers are, I see um, altar servers as kind of Uh, A type of angel, right? Uh, Kind of uh, uh, angels that um, very practically help carry things and hold things. But also we realize that with this this Mass is a heavenly liturgy. A heavenly liturgy, and we hear about the heavenly liturgy and what it sounds like and looks like in the book of Revelation. And we hear in the book of Revelations that there are angels that look upon the throne constantly. That they also have uh, candles, there's altars, There's incense, there's bells. And so those type of things that the server is able to help with actually help us to be able to engage the heavenly liturgy in a greater way. I can hold the book myself or we can put the book on the altar when we say let us pray and I hold forth my hands. But it's more fitting for someone to hold it so that I can hold my hands out and and do that. The servers also help us in our attitude of prayer. And the fact is, is that they're up front, right? They're kind of closest to the priest, closest to the holy sacrifice of the mass. And that they kind of, if they're fidgeting or running around, right? It can be a distraction to us in our prayer. But if they're intent on what's important, if they're attentive to their task and, and prayer, then it can also help us pray in a greater way as well. And so those servers are kind of angels that kind of help us in our prayer here. Greeters, we have different greeters at different times, maybe help hold open the book or, or kind of just say hello to you. We gotta think that sometimes, you know, well, we don't need somebody to hold open the door, right? Is that always important? But we think about it as well as kind of even the ministry of, of greeting those who are around you before Mass. And, and why is that important? Well, it's not essentially important to the Mass. But if we, again, kind of think about the connection of the heavenly liturgy, we think about when we get to heaven, what will it be like? Will everybody just be like, okay, now you do your own thing, right? 
you just kind of ignore everybody else who's already in heaven just kind of ignores you and you just kind of walk in and you're like, okay, uh, what am I doing here? Uh, no, we, we kind of expect and we kind of imagine as well as, you know, different kind of scripture speaks about it, the great joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, right? One person that makes it to heaven, we rejoice and that all of heaven goes out to greet them, right? And so kind of in that greeting role, in that greeting ministry, we actually help prepare people to be able to enter into this heavenly mystery, this heavenly liturgy in a greater way for the praise and worship of God. Now we also have the ministry of ushers. And I kind of see those as the Archangel Raphael. Archangel Raphael helped Tobias in, the, in his journey um, to some family and, and some uh, money, actually, in a far distant country. And I think of the ushers very practically help, you know, count, collect, pass, and different things. And in fact, today we have our uh, second collection for the Birchwood Food Pantry, right? And so they, they have to know, right, it's the third, third week, and so they collect at two different times. But what kind of ways do they kind of spiritually participate in this? Well, as they're collecting money, right, it shouldn't be a time when we feel like as if we're shaken down, right? Oh, you got any more money, you know, right? Uh, uh, really, you're, you're not. Uh, well, but instead, the ushers should have a prayerful gratitude, as we all should at that time of offering. Not as something that's just obligatory or, well, I guess we have to do this, but actually as something that's helpful in our gratitude to God, whether that's one penny or whether that's a hundred dollars or, or whatever it is, right? The fact is, is that we're, we're grateful for that. And ushers, by their attitude, can help us enter into that in a greater way. They can also help us to be able to feel more comfortable, right? If somebody comes into church and they can't see any seats, the usher is there to help guide them in their way so that they don't have to be filled with anxiety at the beginning of Mass or, or try to find a way, but the ushers help be able to guide them to make it easier for them to be able to enter into the liturgy peacefully, right? And the usher in that makes a sacrifice to themselves and hopefully makes that act not of, out of just an obligation or, well, I've got to do this, but instead a prayerful attitude of desiring the good out of love of those people who are here. Another ministry is Eucharistic ministers, and I see those practically, right? They help distribute communion, and they can help us do it faster, but, but really, I could distribute communion and just take a little bit longer, so why do we have them? Well, they do help Mass go by a little bit faster, which is good, but they also, in some ways, help be the role of Mary, who even though that she did not possess Jesus, right? Jesus was not hers to possess, but instead did bear Jesus to this world. And similarly, Eucharistic ministers are, do not possess the Eucharist, do not possess Jesus to be able to take and use as they want, but instead bear Jesus to the world. They do that uh, by distributing community, the body and blood of Jesus, but also on op opportunities, Eucharistic ministers have the chance to be able to bring the Eucharist to the homebound and those who aren't able to be here. And so in that role, they are married. One of the other roles is, or ministries is the readers. And those are kind of like St. Gabriel, I think of. St. Gabriel brings the word of God, the message of God to Mary and to others. 
Well, the reader also audibly brings the word of God, which we hear in the second readings, instructs us, tells us uh, how to live and what God's word of love and mercy is to us. And so in that role is St. Gabriel. Again, practically, we could say, well, is it absolutely necessary? It was a time when, when most people were illiterate and the word needed to be read to them. But now we could just take a moment of silence and read it by ourselves. But it's important to hear that word audibly as well. And that great significance of being able to be that, that bearer of God's message. We also, lastly, have the ministry of musicians. And musicians are kind of like the cherubim and seraphim that praise God constantly in heaven. Now, practically, they they lead music, right? They help it so that we can have a procession from the back to the front and not just have silence. They help us to be able to engage uh, more and to be able to maybe sing certain lyrics or songs that help us remind us of the word of God or of the liturgy. But they also very deeply help lead us in prayer, most especially. They, uh, St. Augustine says that when we sing, we pray twice. And so every single time that we sing, we're able to pray twice in a greater way. But it also, in a special way, raises our minds and hearts in a way that um, only music can do. Just like the architecture of this church when we look at it, should kind of raise our eyes up, right? And especially this Baltacino and everything kind of raises our eyes up to God. Well, singing also should raise our heart and mind up in its beauty. And so we see that it's more than just the practical nature of being able to hear some more words or be able to fill some space in the liturgy, but is in fact ordered for us to pray more. Now in this battle that we have of earth, it's difficult to pray, right? We're constantly tempted to be distracted in different ways. And sometimes we don't know how to pray. But we come here to the Mass, to the liturgy, to do the most important thing, which is pray, and to pray with Jesus Christ in this. In these ministries, I'm grateful for all those who do ministries. But I encourage you to take a more prayerful attitude because the most important thing that you do in your ministry is the prayer that you and love that you unite to it. I encourage also those who are here who are doing battle to also encourage you to consider doing a ministry and perhaps being able to engage in that prayerful way to help those here pray in a greater way. We prepare ourselves for this battle by praying before, and I'd also like to encourage all those who do ministry to consider, I hope all of you already have an hour of adoration, but I encourage you as you come here, as you're going to be coming here to Mass to be able to bear Jesus to this congregation, to this parish, and to the world, we also need to take time to adore Jesus, right? And to be able to take that time to prepare ourselves in prayer and adoration, And so that we might be able to come here to Mass with a prayerful heart, for a heart that doesn't possess Jesus and our ministries as our own, but is something that is a gift to be given in this battle that we wage uh, in this world. And so may we come here united to Jesus Christ in that prayer and in all that we say, do, think, and do.